I'm going to talk about the mercy of the Lord tonight. A word that I'm telling you right now is going to be beyond me to be able to define. How do you define the mercy of God? Have you ever thought of that word? I, I have. I have thought of that word off and on, oh, probably, I don't know how many years. Just It's a word that's mercy. I mean, how do you just explain a word? And I thought of the opening text, which is absolutely awesome. And, and uh, the word of God says in Psalms 107, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And I thought, that's cool. And we know that scripture that we go by uh, in order to sometimes get through us day by day because stuff can be so difficult, is that his mercy is renewed morning. Every morning his mercy is renewed. And so those, those are comforting scriptures. Those are nice scriptures. But exactly, Lord, what is mercy? What do you mean by mercy? And and so I looked at the definition of that word mercy there in Psalms 107 and it means goodness, kindness, and faithfulness. And now, we, you probably all know that. You know that His mercy, His goodness, His kindness, and His faithfulness is renewed every morning and that it endures forever, which I am so thankful for. But when you've got these limited abilities and these earthly carnal minds, it's absolutely impossible to really grasp the mercy of God. It's His mercy you're here tonight. It's His mercy you're in your right mind. It's His mercy that you're saved and redeemed, filled with the Holy Ghost, bought by the blood of the Lamb, and your name is written on the Lamb's book of life. None of us deserve it. And so we know that that is the mercy of God. Well, um, I get into listening to preaching when I cut grass. It's going to be sad when the snow comes because I have to figure out something else. You just cut grass. You know, it's a good hour doing nothing but listening to that lawnmower. And so I bought myself some earplugs that drown out all that, and I listened to teaching. And this guy just opened up this 107th Psalm, and it just blew me away. The mercy of God. God's incredible mercy. And so there's no way I can do justice, but we'll just look at it together and trust the Spirit of Almighty God and trust that God will anoint and you will catch what God is saying. And you yourself, hopefully, will be um, have, a, have a new look or maybe even blown away by the mercy of God. So again, Psalms 107.1 says, Oh, give thanks. You are to give thanks for something to the Lord. And the reason is because He's good. And so God says, be thankful for that, that I'm good and not an angry, mean God. So we want to be thankful that He is good and also that His mercy endureth forever. And then it says, verse 2, because this is your part, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You are to say so. Amen. I understand. I understand. I give you praise. I give you honor. I give you glory that your mercy endures forever and that you are a good God. Thank you, Lord. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And those of you that are redeemed should be saying so. Whom he redeemed, by the way, from the hand of the enemy. That's the way you are. You are walking hand in hand with the enemy. Those of you that are married should walk hand in hand with your wife all the time. But there was a time you walked hand in hand with the enemy until God 
took your hand out of his hand and redeemed you from the hand of the enemy. That's the mercy of Almighty God. He could have just left you stroll down the path of life until you dropped. And the enemy would have just let you lay and walked over you. Okay, so we're going to take a look at God's incredible mercy, His goodness, His kindness, His faithfulness through this great Psalm 107. Verse 4. They wandered in the wilderness. Now we're going to talk about people, different sorts of people getting in different situations. They can be you-type people, and they can be them-type people. They can be lost. They can be saved. They can be redeemed. They can be wicked. These are just folks. And you and I fall under that category, folks. So he goes, they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted in them. They wandered around a type of the lost, lost folks. Sometimes you can even get lost in God. You understand? Sometimes, just mentioned not too long ago, that the Word of God at times gets like this to me, just blank. Blank. Sometimes I can just look at it and get things from God so quick. Other times, all of a sudden, it just seems to go blank and you find yourself lost. You don't know if God's hearing you, not hearing you, mad at you, some type of sin, what's going on, the heavens are brass, where are you at? Hello, God! You're just trying to get lost sometimes in God. And then there is those that are just lost. Never been redeemed. Okay, so it says... They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way, by themselves. Solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, no place to hang their shingle, no city, no habitation, nothing at all. And it goes on in verse 5, it says, Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Fainted. They wandered around, lost, all alone. All alone. Not knowing what to do. There are thousands, if not millions, around us have no clue about Christ and the things of God and the hope that the uh, blessed hope is to be giving you and I to share. They are lost. They are hungry. They are thirsty. They are wandering around alone. Lost. And that's this group of people just totally lost. And it goes, and their soul fainteth. Within them, I can't quite remember the statistic, but it talks about, uh, uh, for some reason, I see these signs popping up about suicide. Is it every two hours a teen commits suicide? Does anybody see them? They're like homemade, stuck around. I can't quite remember what it is, but that's the end result of this hopelessness state, this affair that they just wander around in this world. Is this it? Is this what life is? I was... Not asked to be born, but I'm born, and then I'm told to grow, and I grow, and I try to crawl and talk and walk. Then I'm shoved into a school, and then I'm told I have to learn something. Then I'm told I have to go to work or go to the army. And then I'm told I better find a wife and have a kid. Then I'm told you better plan for retirement and buy your grave plot. Is that it? You wander around lost. And you can, even if you're redeemed sometimes, you can wander around lost. Make a bad move, bad decision. God all of a sudden goes like this, and you keep walking on, wondering what's going on, what's up, what's happening. Two years, three years, a week, whatever it is. Later, you're going, what's up? I'm lost. And so that's this group of people that the psalmist talks about 
here in the verse 4 and verse 5. It's this word says, fainted, means to turn aside. How many Christians have you seen turn aside? We're living in that day and age where their hearts are going to melt like wax. There's going to be a great falling away, and they get lost and caught up, whether it's over the world and it's things that are going on, or just bad decisions, and they end up fainting and turn aside. Lost. Turn aside. Hungry. Thirsty. Giving up. How many people do you know now has given up? The man we had this morning and Tim Taylor we had a few months ago, both said the same thing, kind of. They said what? Go get them! Those who, for whatever reason, have turned aside. Those who, for whatever reason, have given up. Fainted. Overwhelmed. Are now hungry and thirsty. And their souls fainting within them. Now they're wandering, the Bible says. Because you have no direction without God. You have none. There is no direction. Without Almighty God, God tells us that it's not in man to know what to do. And so they wonder whether you are supposed to be in Christ or totally out, lost. These people are lost. And they wander around. It means they, they go astray. Listen, they fall into error, wandering around, getting out of the correct righteous way. Listen, it says they become intoxicated with things. Silly, ridiculous things that used to be good for you. Oh, years and years ago, the young folks probably won't remember, but that sinus pill, Contact, is that what it was called? Had little beads in it. Who remembers that? Put your hand up, you oldies. Okay. It was a, a, a capsule that fit together and had little different color beads in it and all miniature, miniature, miniature BBs and every little color had some type of medicine in it. And it worked. It was a good thing. But along came those who were lost and, and wandered about, and they would pull them apart and start separating the various uh, medicine that was good for you, and they would only take the certain medicine. They'd become intoxicated and have a rush and get a high on it and become more wandering and more intoxicated, more astray and lost with something that was good. And we have them doing that with the Word of God oh, and getting lost in it intoxicated, cut up, astray, hungry, thirsty, and fainting, the Bible says. A lot of them weren't serving God. A lot of these people weren't serving God. You've got to understand this and hear this. A lot of these people aren't in the battle for souls like you and I are supposed to be, being buffeted on this side and buffeted on that side and buffeted on this side just because you're attempting to win people for souls. Now, this is the truth. Friday morning, <clears throat> Ruthie's got her word together for the ladies' retreat. And if you've never had to deliver the word of God, it's hard to um, explain it. But it's, it's a heavy weight. It's a great thing to do, but there's a weight with it and a responsibility with it. All right? And so she got all that done all taken care of. And so the day came, even had her clothing packed. And um, I'm, she's just finalizing some various things before she's taking off uh, at 12 noon. I take off to fill up the car with gas. I got a 2007 Honda Civic with just, a, just like 30-some thousand miles on it. 
This is the truth, I swear to you. And I'm turning down here somewhere by Blimpies to get on the interstate. And at the top down, it was a sweet morning. Oh, my God. Thank you for once. This is a sweet day. Thank you. Drive. Where was I going? Oh, I had to pick up my mother, which Ruth usually does because she gets her hair done on Friday morning. I said, I'll do it. Take that off of you. Just go. And so I pick up my mother. It's 2007 Honda. Okay. Halfway home. This great, wonderful, I'm telling you, sweet day. I was even thanking the Lord for it. On the way home, the heater gauge goes. And I'm going, I mean, this is a 2007 Honda. And so I'm like, I don't want to panic because my mom will freak. That's just the way it is. So I slowly pick up the phone, dial um, Tiffany, because she's going with Ruth early to ride up together. They just bought a brand new, uh, to them, brand new 2006 Kia, sweet looking vehicle. And I'm thinking, okay, no problem. I'll pull the car in there and switch cars and don't even bother Ruth with it because you don't want to put any, anything out of ordinary that jive you when you're trying to present the Word of God. So I go into Tiffany's, that nice, I don't know what color, the sweet color car is not there. So I'm going, okay, cool. They have this other nice car, a little older, black Honda CRV or something like that. And she had it all shined up and nice and clean. And I said, Tiff, can you switch cars? This car's overheating for some reason. I have no idea why. This 2007, okay? And so we switch cars. I come back home, tell Ruth, uh, the, the Honda's overheating, I don't know, whatever reason. I'll, um, I'll take care of it. So I get in Tiff's car. It's on empty. Okay, I take and fill it up. It's the second car now. Fill it all up. Take it to our house. Uh, you know those latches on the back, those doors open with a big tire on it. Open it up. Load the whole car up for Ruth. Got everything in it. Thinking, oh, good. Close the the latch of the door. Close the big door, and it goes, bing, and it opens up again. What's this? Shut the door. Bing. I did it 20 times. <laughs> so I'm in a screwdriver, and I'm trying to get the latch fixed, and I finally shut the door, okay? And it's locked, loaded, and I'm going, this will never fly. Because I know those women retreat ladies. Once they say dismiss, they're going to be... <laughs> In every store that's open. And once they open that hatch, I'm going to get a call while I'm supposed to be enjoying myself (laughs) golfing. So I call Tiffany. Tiffany. We're not allowed to call Joseph because he's not really supposed to be on phones and all that stuff. And So I text Joe. Just why for yes and then for no. And I got a why. So I said, okay. I get Tiffany. We go to Avon. I'm thinking, we're going to get shot trying to get through the security. And there wasn't any security. So what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is I had to get three cars. Three cars. 
to try to get her off to go to just teach the ladies. You will be buffeted constantly about the things of God. I got in that car and it was on empty. And I went, Tiff, I'm not, I'm not filling this one up. <laughs> so I made all that to just let you know, you are constantly going to be buffeted when it comes to the things of God. But I'm talking about these people, they're not even serving God, they're lost. Lost, like you were. They're not in the battle for souls. They're not going through all that. It's not coming to them that this is the enemy and I'm going to help God. God give me the help and I'll get through this. They're not into any of that at all. They're just wandering around. Their way is lost because of bad choices and bad decisions. They're just lost people. Then verse 6 comes. Now look at this. Totally lost, wicked people. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And He delivered them out of their distresses. Not only that, and He led them forth by the right way. It's kind of like He went, oh, this way, follow me. That's what, that's what He does. That's what He does. These people were lost. Lost, not looking to serve God, not in the fray, in the battle like you, just lost. They came to the end of themselves. What am I going to do, God? And He answered them. You understand the mercy? That's the mercy of God. That is God's mercy. And He led them forth by the right way that they may go to the city of habitation. I mean, when it is beyond you, and you're, you've lost the way, and you, you don't know God, and when they cried out to God in their moment of need, God delivered them. I mean, this, this scripture, this whole verse was just being opened up to me, a uh, passage while I was cutting grass, thinking of that song, and then Mike plays it again, those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, it says. But you have to do something. You have to call upon the name of the Lord. You have to cry out to God in your distresses when you're totally lost. And He will come to you. That's what this whole, I believe this whole 107th Psalm attempts to define and describe the mercy of God. Because how can we just say, I know the mercy of God. I understand it. No, we don't. We don't get it and we don't understand it. We just don't. So I believe God gave us this Psalm 107 to help us to understand it. Our reply to these people can be, uh, why should we, dude? You made your bed, now lay in it. You made those decisions. We told you over and over and over not to, but you did it anyway. We tried to help you. You spurned us. You wanted nothing to do with us. And so they go on their merry way until their merry way turns into hell. And they cried upon the name of the Lord. And we would go, no, you, he made your bed, you lay in it, dude. But God delivers them. God comes to them because His mercy. Because He's good. We want to say, look, I told you so. And this is that mercy, that unbelievable mercy of God. And then this, this 107 is full of this quote here. And it says in verse 8, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. That you would praise God. 
that you would give Him glory and praise and thanks, whether you see it or not. Praise Him and thank Him because He's good. He's absolutely good. And that His mercy endures forever. If you are lost in some type of circumstance, some type of bad situation, maybe you just lost your job, just cry out to God. In His mercy, in His mercy, and God will deliver you. He will move. Maybe you made a bunch of bad choices. Maybe you got fired. I don't know what the heck happened. Think We do things. You break the law. You did something bad. If you will call upon the name of God, He will deliver you. It's like the psalmist is saying, Oh, that men would call. Oh, that men. Not just, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness. Now, there's, there's emotion to me in that psalm. Oh, that men would call upon. Oh, that men would praise God. Listen. Oh, that men would humble themselves. And call upon the name of the Lord, and thou shalt be saved. People that are lost, wicked, lousy people, call upon Him, and He delivers them. That's the mercy of God. Then there's this group of people that know better, but they choose contrary to the Word of God. Now we're getting a little closer to you guys and me guys. Psalms 107.10 says, These, This group, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High, or despised it. That's the, these people. That's us people. That, that word means to despise. It means to abhor. It means to, to reject and despise the counsel of the Most High. That's, what, that's church folks. That's not bar people. I didn't know the Word of God in the bars. I had no clue. So this is more type of us. And verse 12 says, Therefore, because we do this, He brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help them. These are wicked people. These are wicked folks that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death being bound in affliction and iron. Maybe they heard the Word of God and spurned it. Nah, it's not for me. I'm not ready. I don't want to. And the definition of affliction is misery. Even in misery, they keep going on. Misery after misery, bad decision after bad decision. The word iron means harshness, chains, habits, drugs, lying, gambling. In their misery, spurn the Word of God, the one who can help them, the one who's full of mercy and love, who died for them, said, No, sir. We despise the Word of God. I don't want to hear it. They sit in darkness and in the shadow of death because death creeps on us. Every day. I am now one more day closer to it than I was yesterday. It's creeping up in the shadow of death. They sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. And that sounds horrible, just horrible. Because they rebelled against the words of God 
and despise the counsel of the Most High. I mean, even me, who is evil, knowing how to give good gifts, sometimes you look at rank, lost, heathen. You can have mercy on them. They don't know. They just don't get it. They, don't, they need their eyes open. But then we move to the group of us that have our eyes open or had them open, and we continue to turn away from the God, from tuggings of God, the warnings of God, the, the mercy of God that's renewed every morning. We just, we're, about, we're just going to do our own thing. It's harder for people to have mercy on that person than it is the total rank lost completely, has no clue. Really? Not the one that's going to, okay, rededicate for the fifth, sixth, fiftieth time in their life. These people rebelled, rebelled against the words of God, despised the counsel of God. Let those words sink in. Despised. And I just got to scratch my head with the next verse. Then they cried unto the Lord. These group of people in their trouble... And he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. I mean, that just, that just amazes me. The wicked... Lousy, good for nothing, know nothing. You and I might say, oh, that's the man. Isn't God amazing? But those who know and were cleansed and washed and upon the rock and raised hands and then go back to the muck and the mire with the pig and the vomit of the dog. A little easier to say, you wanted it, you got it. But in that, they call upon the name of the Lord and he saves them it's the mercy of God (laughs) the mercy not only does he save them again he brings this group of people out of darkness and away from the shadow of death and he breaks asunder all the chains and everything that was weighing them down and commands them to walk in the light and they walk. <laughs> That's amazing that God... How many people have you wrote off? Have we wrote off? How many? Too bad we just can't get a list of how many times you were wrote off by others. We don't have that list. God does, but, but we don't. The mercy of God... Then there's this other group of people. We find in verse 17, the first word is the name of them. What's it say? Fools. Now, be honest, who's met fools? They are. I'm telling you, 
And you're like, I mean, you just, you, you look at this and you see them, you look at them, you see them, you, and you've got to be a fool. A fool. And I'm not saying that downward. I'm not saying that. It's a fool. It's the word. Is it in your Bible? So I'm not making fun of people. I'm not saying you shouldn't say you shouldn't do it. It's in the Bible. It's in it. Fools. Because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Fools. You're a fool, man. You keep running into the same wall, you dumb fool. Now, we might not say that out to them. But how many times have you maybe you talked to somebody about the Word of God because they just ran into that wall for the 1,592nd time in their life and you're coming across them again, opening up your Word of God to them. They're dripping, bleeding in your Word of God. You spend three, four weeks, hours, days, whatever, telling them, don't go that way. This is the way. You understand it? You get it? Yeah. You want to pray? Yeah. Yeah. And they pray. You go, amen. Okay. See ya. And you walk that way. And they go, boom, again into the, the wall again. It has to cross your mind as you walk away and say, that dude's a fool. And God says, fools. It's another group of people. Fools. Because of their transgression. This includes us, by the way. You can't remove yourself. You're folk just like those folk. You're folk. I'm folk. So fools, because of their transgressions, which is sin, and because of their iniquities, are afflicted, the Word of God says. Now look at 18. It says, the, Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. That's when you say, Man, come here. What the heck have you been eating? Sit down. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the door. He's your shepherd. He's the great shepherd. This is meat. They abhor it. <laughs> That's a fool. A fool. Through the years of serving God and stuff, you see people that come to Christ. And then they turn their back. They turn their back and they're gone one year, two years. You might think a week. They're gone one year, two years, five years, eight years, ten years, twelve years. And you're going, there's nothing else I can offer them. What else are you going to offer them? Jesus and a cheeseburger? I mean, what else can, serious, what can we offer them? This is it. This is the, what's that saying? The, the creme de la creme. Or, this is it. Top shelf. And they, there's no other shelves. And they don't want it. You have to say, that dude's a, it's a truth. And so the Word of God talks about these people. They're fools. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, substance, to listen by, get discretion and direction and guidance from Almighty God. They don't want it. They push it aside over and over and over, and God calls them, you wicked fool. And these people draw near unto the gates of death. Might not know it, might not see it, but they are. Definition of fools. One who despises wisdom. 
one who mocks when guilty. Even today, even tonight, man, sometimes when we're nailed to the wall and we're guilty, we just kind of chuckle to, <laughs> and you leave. Just whatever. Pfft, not me. You just kind of, you mock it. You just, whatever. It means a silly or stupid person. A person who lacks judgment or sense. Listen, a person that wastes time. Time. The most precious commodity. You're watching gold by the ounce and silver. What the heck for? Time. Time. How much time? How much window of opportunity you have left to pour God into your kids and and, and, and all those that are around you, and family and people. Time! God says, those are fools that waste time. Romans 13, 11 tells us, and knowing that the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. That's true. I was saved 30 plus years ago. 30 plus years have come and gone. Sun up and east, down the west. 30 years. I am closer to my salvation than when I first started. Time. High time. But they don't. They keep playing around, wasting time. They keep telling me at times, yeah, I'll be back. They keep playing the part of a fool. How many times have you said this to someone? Man, how many times does this have to happen to you? I've visited people in horrible wrecks. God spared their life. I've visited people with broken necks, had to wear the thing. God spared their life. I've visited people that they had to do surgery. Now, I'll probably get the measurements wrong. They can only go into your brain uh, four centimeters, and they went a little over three to help this person. A grown adult. I would go visit and try to pray and talk, and she w- was talking to me like a baby. Not saying gaga, uh, daddy, not that. It was baby gibberish, totally unable to understand. And she thought she was speaking English. Again, not serving God. You want to say, I mean, what else you got to go through? What else? That's the category. Classifies fools. Fool. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. You're afflicted when you make horrible, foolish decisions. When you're going to marry Joe and hope he gets saved, and you are saved, that's a foolish decision. Because of decisions like this, God says you become afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat or substance or bread, the bread of life. They draw nearer unto the gates of death. They refuse the nourishment to have a healthy life where you can make sound decisions. 
people with the highest degrees in the land can be fools. We're not talking about man wisdom. We're talking about godly wisdom. This is what causes you. They draw near to the gates of death because of their foolishness and their refusal to listen to God. Fools. Those people. And it happens again. 19. I just shake my head saying, God, you're amazing. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, delivered them from their destructions. These fools, these wicked fools, along with these wicked, rebellious people who knew the word of God, along with these totally rank, lost heathens, when we cry upon God in our distresses, He hears us from heaven. He comes and rescues us. Takes us out of darkness. Brings us into the light. Breaks the chains. Heals us. Causes us to walk and dwell in a city of habitation. No longer solitary. Puts us in a family. Because of His mercy that is renewed and that endureth forever. Even as I preach this and read that and listen to that guy, this is what I can do. Holy cow. I mean, don't you have pals where you put people? Idiot. Dude's an idiot. You'll always be an idiot. You do that. I know we do. Well, that idiot comes to the end of his idiot self and calls upon God. God goes through the piles of idiots and reaches the one that's calling upon him and saves him. And a little idiot hand comes up out of the masses. And said, God, help me. And he goes, yanks me up out of the pile of idiots. He does. That's what God does. That mercy is beyond any person in here. Because God, what he, they killed his son. Murdered him. You think God would go over and say, you bunch of murdering idiots. Find that hand that's reaching up and just smash it. But if you call upon the name of the Lord, He has mercy and saves your soul. Can you see why the psalmist goes, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness. Start understanding. You're the idiot. You're the fool. 
I'm the rebellious jerk. I'm the lost person without Him. Job tells us, Man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. That day I went from my house to Blimpy's. Sunny day. Ruth was all set. Everything was cool. Window, you know, the, the moon window and the wind. You know, the song, I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going, oh, Lord, this is beautiful. Not knowing, just around the corner, everything was going to go haywire. Absolutely insane haywire. And I'm running around, and Ruth is now gone, going, arrived, shopping, and I'm still this dumb 07 Honda for the second time, messing with it. Whole day was shot and ruined. And I remember getting my truck, because it was the only thing that worked then, and I bust out laughing. I bust out laughing because in the midst of this stupid door, I was sweating, hyped, in the garage, looking for a screwdriver, saying, gee, my knee's a dumb car. And when, of course, and all that, I just bust out laughing, saying, oh, God, doesn't take much. To rattle us. Lord, I am but dust. And if you have a lower level of dust, if you have real bad dust, it's amazing. I mean, it's just insane. I actually laughed to myself thinking, what a fool. I'm not talking freaking out. I'm just these things are building up. So, Psalm 107.27 says, They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits' end. You ever been there? Totally at your wits' end. You are so flippy, floppy, upside down. Down is up. Up is down. White is black. Black is white. Right is left. Left is right. Good is bad. Bad is good. That's how messed up we can be and get. And you stagger like a drunken man at your wit's end. That means literally, you are literally, all your wisdom is swallowed up in despair. What am I going to do? Psalms 107:28. Then they cried unto the Lord, in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He make the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. They are then are they glad because they be quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. You see the vein here, the thread. It's okay. Well, what do we do now tonight? Well, 32 says, 
Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. 35 says, he turneth the wilderness. You in the wilderness? You either just got out, just entered in, or you're in. All right? He turneth the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation. Verse 43. Whoso is wise and will observe all these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. A bunch of wicked, good-for-nothing, rebellious, lost wannabes, and you call upon the name of the Lord, and He saves you. This fits us also as it fits them out in that world. I want you to stand now, please. Michael, please. Maybe the song that we mentioned, Michael. Now listen. Here's the key. Now we fit the bill in all those categories. You can be in every one. Or you can major in one, be a gold medal rebellion. I mean, we're, we're in them all. It takes time, you know, spend time being an idiot, spend time being a fool, time being lost, time being rebellious. We, we just do that. Okay, so we got that part done real good. Here's the part we don't have done real good. And that's submitting to Almighty God. And that causes you, you must do something. You must call upon the name of the Lord. You absolutely must. You must call upon the name of Almighty God. You must do something. He waits for you to call. Remember the burning bush? Remember the bush that was burning? God never spoke a word. Never spoke a word until Moses did what? Till he turned aside, till he made a move to God. God made, walking on the water, made as he would walk by. And they're over there freaking out, made as he would walk by and didn't stop until what? Lord, save us! And he came. This is where you're at. Learn. To call upon the name of the Lord. In your distresses, you very rarely will ever feel like it. It's a pressure cooker. It's a place where you don't want to be, but it's a place where you're going to be. Call upon the name of the Lord. Whether it's emotional, whether it's financial, whether whatever is family, children, pastor, church, world. That daughter, that son, that husband, call upon the name of the Lord. That's our altar call. The incredible mercy of God is there for you. It's there.
It's been renewed this morning. It endureth forever. It is His faithfulness, His kindness, His gentleness towards you. But you must call.